Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Today's episode is sponsored. Hi besties, welcome back to Trina to Care. It's your girl Ashley. I don't even know how to start today's podcast. Um, if you use TikTok, you probably know everyone under the sun is breaking up. Like literally every single TikTok couple is breaking up. The amount of breakup vlogs and breakup tea videos I've watched in the past two weeks is insane. I don't know what's in the air or what's up with the planets, but things are not going well for a lot of relationships. And I know that's true off of TikTok as well because so many of you have DM me asking for relationship advice and wanting me to talk about how to get over someone or how to get over a breakup. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I know this may come as a shock to a lot of you, but I actually have a boyfriend. His name is Josh. I know Josh's don't have the best reputation, but he really is great and we live together and we've been together for almost five years um and a lot of people don't know i have a boyfriend because we tend to keep it private and not post so much online but he does make an appearance here and there but before there was josh there were a lot of fuck boys and a lot of heartbreak so i do think i am more than qualified to talk about relationships not working out because before him that's all i knew before this relationship i really only had two long-term relationships There was one guy I dated when I was a freshman and he was a senior, which is a red flag in itself. And then my second boyfriend I dated when I was a senior, but there was another four-year age gap. And I mentioned both age gaps because that, in my opinion, was why neither of those relationships worked out. And there's a million reasons why relationships don't end up working and why people break up. I think a lot of people assume someone cheated or someone fell out of love. But a lot of the time, it's because of trust issues from previous relationships. There's no honesty, no communication, people want different things. Or like I talked about last episode with friendships, one person is giving more than the other. I think a lot of the time in relationships, people also lose track of who they are and they give up a lot of things for their partner. And somewhere in the relationship, they notice how much they've given up and changed that they begin to resent their partner and that can lead to the relationship not working. But one of the things people love to dive into before actually breaking up is breaks. The amount of breaks I've gone on in previous relationships is outstanding. I literally could not keep track, even if I wanted to. We were on more breaks 
than we were together. And maybe I'm a little biased because whenever I think of going on a break, I get PTSD because my ex would just randomly decide we were on a break because he felt like it. We would be totally fine and then I would go to bed and wake up in the middle of the night to a text saying, I'm sorry, I need space and my number would be blocked. Now I know that's not healthy or even a little normal in the slightest, but I think breaks are used as a cop-out or an excuse when someone in the relationship doesn't have their priorities straight and they want to experiment or they want to cheat without technically cheating. Breaks can absolutely be beneficial if you two are fighting too much or you need space from one another. Breaks can give you that clarity and I do think time apart can make the heart grow fonder. But a lot of the time, breaks aren't mutual. One person usually does not want to be away from their partner but only agrees to the break out of fear of losing their partner and that break is almost given as an ultimatum like we take the time apart or we break up indefinitely. Now, I'm not saying fuck breaks altogether and just throw the relationship away if it's hard or not working out, but if you're considering going on a break or your significant other has brought up a break as an idea, consider if it's the right solution. Will a week, a month fix this issue? How is time away from each other or not talking to each other going to strengthen your relationship? If you're taking a break from the relationship because you two are fighting, how is space going to help? What will you be doing during that time to make sure it doesn't continue happening when you're back together? And that's why I say more times than not, breaks don't work because during that break, you aren't actually working on anything. It just gives that person who wanted the break time to go off and do whatever they want to do without feeling guilty and a time extension before they actually call off the relationship altogether. In my experience, whenever my exes wanted to go on breaks, I obviously didn't want to, but again, it felt like an ultimatum would be there. I see if a break helps or I lose them altogether. And we'd go on these breaks and I would just wait around for them until they decided they wanted to be with me again. Even when we would actually break up and they would block my number and we wouldn't speak for weeks, I would still tell myself that they'd come back and I would wait for them. I think a lot of people do this when they're attached to someone or the relationship, especially when your relationship is so up and down and you've broken up more than once. We tell ourselves that it's not really over. We love someone so much and we care for them so much and we tell ourselves that our partner feels the same way because they've told us that they do. And if I feel this way about my partner and I can't live without them, they must also feel the same way and not be able to live without me. So our relationship must work out in the end. Unfortunately though, that's not always the case, especially if this person is constantly asking for space and showing that they're interested in leaving the relationship. I have definitely been that bitch that's gone back to my ex a million times because I believe they love me the way that I love them. But there comes a point where the cycle has to be broken and you don't get back with that person. And I've gotten a lot of DMs asking, when do you know the relationship is over? When do you stop trying? And the truth is, the relationship didn't end until I decided it was over. Yes, they were the ones who cheated and they were the ones who wanted to go on breaks, but they also knew regardless of how bad they treated me, I would always be there waiting. I would always excuse and forgive their behavior. These boys would always come back when it was convenient for them, when they wanted attention, when they wanted money, when they wanted a ride, when they wanted someone to talk to. They knew they could dump me and still have a place next to me because I emotionally relied on them because I was so invested in our relationship. 
No matter how many times they ended things with me or if I saw them out with a new girl, I still thought having a small piece of them was better than having none, even if they didn't respect me. It wasn't until I realized that they were never going to stop treating me the way they were and although I was still getting small pieces of them, I would never have them as a whole. I realized the come and go of them wouldn't end until I decided it was over. So although they didn't want me the way I wanted them, our relationship stopped when I told them they could no longer use me and they could no longer have say when they wanted me. I had to make the decision to block their number and move away from them and start fresh or else they would keep playing the game for as long as they wanted. I think it's hard when you want a relationship to work so bad and you've invested so much of your time and energy into someone that you don't want to give up even if it seems like they are. And the relationship to you might not be over until they say it is or until you see them dating someone else, but that's no way to live. In my opinion, and from what I've learned, a relationship should be over when it's evident to you that this person isn't giving you what you need and the relationship isn't benefiting your highest good. If you're in a relationship and you feel bad more times than good, if you're crying more times than smiling, if you're questioning if this person loves you and wants to be with you, that relationship is over And you could either stay in a dead relationship that's bringing you down and delaying your individual growth or leave and be able to go after what's meant for you and what you deserve. I say it all the time, you can't attract things you want and deserve by only focusing on things that you don't want and aren't meant for you. Do you think you deserve an insecure douchebag who lasts less than 20 seconds? Fuck no. So why are you questioning if you should keep trying? It's over. Congratulations. You should be thrilled it's over. And listen, I get it. It's hard. It's fucking hard when you wanted the relationship to work out and it doesn't and you're trying your hardest to get over them and move on, but you see them moving on just fine and already in a relationship or seeing multiple people. Both of my exes almost immediately when we were officially over jumped into full-blown relationships and I was angry. I was heartbroken. I was spiteful. I went through every possible emotion of mourning the loss of them. I even started blaming myself and looking for things that I lacked to justify them moving on and finding someone else. Which is so sick and twisted how I ever thought it was my fault that my ex who was four years older than me wanted to date a teenager who was three years younger than me. Or how my ex before that who again was four years older than me was talking to a girl four years younger than me who I'll mention were very much minors at the time. Both giving all too well by Taylor Swift energy, but I literally blame myself and instead of moving on and being excited about being able to now focus on myself or find someone who wouldn't leave me for a teenager, I dwelled on everything I could have done better and dwelled on why the relationship didn't work rather than just accepting that it didn't and it was over. A big part in moving on and also a really hard part in moving on is seeing that your ex is moving on more easily than you or seeing new people and having to accept that. I know it's hard as hell, but things will get easier once you accept that they're going to deal with the breakup differently than you, and however they choose to deal with it is none of your business. I know that sounds harsh, but whatever they decide to do, or whoever they start to date has nothing to do with you, and they don't owe you anything. If they did owe you anything, it would have been the love and respect you deserved in the first place, but they didn't give you that. Once you separate, they don't owe you an explanation. Of course it would be nice, but if they weren't loyal to you in the relationship, what makes you think it'd be different outside of it? 
I think we have such an issue seeing our exes with new people and doing things without us because it's hard to separate the idea of who they were when they were with us and who they are now. It's hard for our brain to make the connection that they aren't ours anymore and whatever they're doing doesn't include us. When my ex started seeing someone new, I still felt like he was cheating on me and betraying me even though we weren't together anymore. There was one point when we first broke up and my friends and I drove by his house and I saw another girl there and I went into a full psychotic breakdown because it actually felt like he was cheating on me and I couldn't believe it. And I look back at that time now and it's so clear that him having that girl over had nothing to do with me. He didn't have her over to spite me or hurt me and he wasn't thinking in the back of his mind how he's seeing her behind my back. He wasn't thinking Ashley's going to drive by my house and see her here. He was having a girl over because that's what he wanted to do. He didn't care what I was doing or what I thought. We place so much meaning on things and think everything revolves around us. And in our lives, yeah, of course it does, but not to everyone else. And that kind of leads me into a question someone asked me. How do you get over if someone cheated on you or lied to you? Because obviously you can break up, but the hurt they've caused you is still going to carry on even after you two separate and it could easily carry into relationships with other people moving forward. I am someone who couldn't even stomach the idea of my significant other cheating on me. I don't think most people want to think about it. It's obviously not a good feeling, but unfortunately my exes did cheat on me quite a lot and I had a lot of trouble getting over it. And the thing is, my exes didn't face any consequences for hurting me and it wasn't our relationship that suffered. It was my self-esteem and my confidence that did. I took what they did to me very personal and I began questioning why they would cheat, what these girls had that I didn't, if these girls were better than me in bed, what I could do to be better, just really beating myself up over something that I had no control over. And the same thing happened when we broke up and they got new girlfriends and moved on. I began questioning why they liked these girls better than me and why could they see a future with them and not me. And that's a really dark and low place to get to because you're never going to get the answer that you want and you're placing so much of your value off of someone who just doesn't appreciate what you have to offer. One of the biggest things that has helped me with getting over someone who has cheated on me or lied to me or even the idea if it were to happen again is them doing that has nothing to do with you or your value or what you lack but has everything to do with what they lack. If they're choosing to cheat on you, they are clearly not happy or not satisfied with their life and are seeking more to fulfill those parts. And I don't mean more as in the person they're cheating on you with is better than you or is more valuable than you. I just mean they're looking for something to fill that void. No one who has their shit together and knows what they want and is content with what they have is going to go off and pull that shit on you. They clearly are doing it because they are struggling with something within them. No matter how much they try to flip it on you when they get caught, it's not you, it's them. This mindset has just helped me so much because although it still hurts, it helps me redirect the pain from this happened because I'm not pretty enough or I'm not good enough to this person isn't ready to be with someone like me who knows what they want. And it sucks that they don't know, but I deserve someone who does and it's not them. And it takes away the need to find a reason for why they cheated or why they lied because the reason is right there. They're lacking something and that's not my problem. I'm going to be so honest though. As hurtful as it is when someone cheats on you or hurts you, I think the most painful thing about a breakup is having to let go of the attachment to their family and their friends and the things that you used to do together. There came a time when I literally could care less that my ex and I were done 
but I was distraught having to say bye to his dog. Like that dog was my best fucking friend. And I think that's why so many people hold on to relationships because you form these connections to people other than your significant other and you form these attachments to things like their house or their car or places you used to go to on dates. So when you separate, you're letting go of so much more than just one person. And I personally in the past was not good at letting go of these things and I was grasping at straws to keep this person in my life. I thought if I was able to maintain friendships with his friends and kept a good relationship with his family, he would see that he was making the wrong decision and I was so great. But no matter how great you are, if someone doesn't appreciate you and doesn't want you, they still won't want you even if their friends and family love you. When we look back at relationships, even really shitty ones, we tend to romanticize them and only remember the good parts, and that's why it can be hard to let go of small things like hanging out at their house or going somewhere you spent a lot of time together. You might get nostalgic about the time you two went to the park and completely forget and gloss over the fact that you spent the whole drive there fighting. And I bring this up because you don't want to let go of these things because they mean a lot to you, but they only mean a lot to you because you're hyping them up more than they deserve. The time at the park with your ex actually wasn't that great and you want to keep a relationship with his friends but they're actually terrible people and aren't that fun to be around and you'll miss his family but they gave him shit for wanting to be with you. The only reason you're attached to these things is because you're attached to your ex. Once you move on, there will be so much clarity and you'll realize that everything you were afraid to let go of wasn't everything you thought it was and there will be so much more out there and so many more people and experiences for you that don't involve your ex and will be a billion times better for you. I know breakups can feel like your whole world is falling apart, especially when you've almost made this person the center of your world and have let go of friendships and relationships in your life and have invested almost if not all of your time into this person. It can literally feel like you're dying. When I went through those breakups, it felt like my body was rotting. I could barely eat. I could barely get out of bed. I formed really bad habits and just neglected my body and health altogether. And waking up was genuinely one of the hardest things for me to do. It got to the point that I didn't want to wake up. But luckily I did. And looking back on those times are really hard because I know how much pain I was in. But without going through that, I wouldn't be where I am and I wouldn't be as strong as I am now. It's obviously super easy to look at that situation and only see the negative side of it and look at what you've lost, but there's also a side of that that's so positive, and from that loss, you gain so much. Breakups can quite literally be a blessing. If you're going through a breakup right now, think of what you had before you met that person, the people you had connections with, the friends you spent most of your time with, the things you used to like to do that maybe you started to neglect as you invested your time into the relationship. Consider the relationship being over as a weight lifted off your chest and an opportunity for new beginnings an opportunity to rekindle friendships, explore new things, dive into things that you wanted to do, but maybe you were shamed for or were held back from. There's nothing and no one stopping you now from pursuing what you want, and the only person that you have to make decisions for now is yourself. The breakups that I went through were so nasty, and like I said, were really hard times, but they changed my life for the best. I can't even imagine my life right now if I were still with my ex. I look back and I'm like, thank God he didn't respect me. Thank God he wanted to date a teenager. Thank God it didn't work out. If I held onto that relationship, I would not have the life I have now, 
especially because he did not want me posting on social media. So if he could see me now, he would be pissed. But the relationship not working out eventually pushed me to want to do better because I felt like I wasted so much of my time on him that I lost time nurturing what I needed and what I wanted. So once it was over for good and I had my post-breakup depressive episode for like two to three months, I really went sicko mode pursuing what I thought was best for me and I moved away to college. I started spending time with my friends and seeing new people. I really glowed the fuck up and eventually went on to do social media and if it wasn't for the breakup, I would have been stuck dating a boy who wanted to keep me in a box for himself while he went out and explored whatever the fuck he wanted. Now that you're out of this relationship, start giving yourself the love that you kept giving to this person and wanting so desperately from them. You can't force anyone to love you. How others feel about you is out of your control. The only thing you can control is how you feel about yourself and how you treat yourself. Take the time being alone to heal yourself and repair what this relationship did to you so you could be stronger for yourself and for future relationships. You want to build a strong relationship with yourself so that way if this were to happen again, it doesn't feel like a loss because you still have yourself and you know that you'll get through it since you were able to before. I have a whole episode on self-love that I think would be really beneficial to listen to if you're going through this right now, but I think one of the best ways to practice self-love and help you heal, especially after losing someone or going through a breakup, is think of things that you wanted them to do for you, but they never did, and do those things for yourself. So if you wanted them to buy you flowers, buy yourself flowers. If you wanted them to compliment you, start saying affirmations to yourself. If you wanted them to take you out on a date, take yourself out. By doing this, it reminds you that you're capable of giving yourself everything that you're asking for in a partner. So regardless if a relationship works or not, you know you'll be okay because you can love and take care of yourself and also do it better than the person you're asking for it from. I think a lot of us forget how capable we are of fulfilling our own needs and being on our own. So we rely on others to give it to us and then we're crushed when they don't or when things end. It's important to remember that you are okay on your own and you were surviving before you met this person and you're capable of doing the same thing, if not better, without them. We place so much of our value and capabilities off of another person and we think that's what makes us great. They're what makes us feel beautiful and feel special when in reality, you are all of those things without them. They were just reminding you of it. Despite my ex being a huge fucking jackass, one of the things that he was great at was love bombing and he would compliment me and make me feel so beautiful and so special. So when the relationship ended, I felt like all of those things weren't true anymore. If he thought all of those things about me, why would he not want to be with me? If he doesn't love me anymore, it's because I'm not beautiful and I'm not special and I'm not anything else he said about me. But that's clearly not true. Someone that you date for a short period of your time does not determine who you are, what you are, or what you have to offer. When my ex was complimenting me, he was just acknowledging things that I am, things that he had the pleasure of witnessing, but had nothing to do with him. I was and will always be those great things because they're me and they're always going to be me whether I'm in a relationship or on my own. The only reason I felt like he was what made me those things is because he was actively reminding me and that's why I think affirmations are so important and so powerful because you're constantly reminding yourself who the fuck you are and what you have to offer. 
Don't give credit for how great you are to a dipshit who doesn't even know the half of how great you are and has only seen a glimpse of it. We give way too much credit to people who are reckless with our hearts and don't have our best interest in mind. And we think they're the best we'll ever get. I genuinely thought I was never going to find another boy who was going to call me pretty again or compliment my makeup like my ex did. The bare fucking minimum. So ask yourself, what does this person who I am distraught over have that I won't find again? How is this person such a rare gem that no person after them will ever compare? You really think the love of your life is a boy from your hometown or a boy you met at a frat party or a guy you met on Tinder? There are 8 billion people in the world and you think the guy you had to beg to post you on Instagram is the one? You think you're never going to find love again because it didn't work out with him? And also, not only do you think this person is so rare that you'll never find it again in someone else, but you think this person has something that you can't give to yourself. What are you asking for from this person that you want so badly that you can't fulfill on your own? Do you want to be with them because you want love? Do you want to be with them because you're lonely? Instead of stressing out about how they don't love you and how you don't want to be alone, work on loving yourself and being comfortable with being alone. There's no reason that you should have to rely on a relationship to feel loved or secure. You, without a doubt, can find that within yourself, but it takes time to do that. But in our society, we're almost expected to be in a relationship, so we go off looking for someone to fulfill our needs and give us meaning rather than just doing it on our own. Like dead ass, people look at you like there's something wrong with you if you are single or aren't always in a relationship or if you're older than 25 and aren't with someone. And even when you are in a relationship, one of the first questions people ask you when you go anywhere without your partner is, where is your, where's your boyfriend? Why didn't your boyfriend come? Where's your girlfriend? As if you can't go out and do things without them. Or if you decide to post your relationship online and you stop posting them, people are asking why you aren't posting together anymore or why you're just posting pics and videos of yourself. Like, I don't know, because it's my profile. I post about me and my life, and shockingly enough, my partner isn't my life. He's just part of it. And that's just it. People make their significant other their life. Their sole purpose is to make their significant other happy and spend time with them and have a family with them. And yes, it's nice if you do find someone and you love them and you're happy, but you shouldn't live your life constantly looking for someone to make you happy or make you feel whole. You should be living for yourself and making yourself happy. And if someone does come along, they can add to it. They don't have to complete it though. You can't rely on someone to make you feel complete. If when you aren't with someone, you feel empty and you feel like you're missing something, that's a sign that you need to spend time alone and figure your shit out and work on yourself until you do feel good enough to be alone. Don't rush into a relationship just because you fear being alone. When you do that, you delay your growth and you settle. You know those people who are never not in a relationship. You've known them since the sixth grade and they're 25 now and have literally always had a boyfriend or girlfriend. When one relationship ended, they hopped right into another one. I'm not shaming them and I'm not shaming you if I just described you. I'm just pointing out that alone time is so crucial because you need time for just you. And I know you could say, well, I don't see my significant other every day. Like I live alone and we have our time away from each other, but it's just not the same as being single and having an extensive amount of time to yourself to explore who you are and what you want and to play the field or whatever it is that you want to do. When you hop right into a relationship right after you got out of one, you don't give yourself time to process what happened. You don't give yourself time to heal. So it's really easy for you to carry that hurt and that baggage from that relationship into the new one, which immediately sets that relationship 
back from what it could be. And listen, losing and letting go of a relationship is really tough and everyone grieves with loss differently. I can sit here and give you my best advice and tell you the healthiest way to deal with a breakup and the easiest way to get over someone. But at the end of the day, you have to go at your own pace and do what feels right for you. I just think it's really important to prioritize you and your mental health and make sure you're putting yourself first before you even think about getting back with your ex or getting into a new relationship. If you take anything from this episode, I want you to remember that you don't have to be in a relationship to be happy or to feel whole. Whatever it is that you're seeking from a relationship with another person, you can find within yourself. You are so capable of giving yourself real, authentic, genuine love, but you need to take the time to give yourself it rather than forcefully trying to give it to someone else. Give yourself the credit you keep giving to these people who don't deserve it. You are way more deserving of that love than they could ever be. I hope that this episode was helpful for you and answered some of your questions. I tried to incorporate a lot of your messages into the episode, so if you ever have questions or you need advice, DM me on Instagram. Also, if you ever do DM me asking for advice and I don't answer immediately, but you see me posting stories and posting Instagram photos, just know that I will get back to you. I just want to make sure that when I do answer, I give myself time to answer it thoroughly and give the best advice I can to help you. I don't want to just quickly reply to you just to give you a response. And just know that I'm so fucking thankful for your messages and I'm always so excited to talk to you. So please do not hesitate to reach out to me. And like I always say, if you could, please give Try Not To Care a five-star rating on whichever platform you listen to it on. It really does help me out. And I just appreciate it a lot. That is all for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I love you so much, besties. And I will talk to you next time. Bye.